Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. My name is Steve Barlow, and you've joined us at the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Craig Saffin. So how are you today, Craig? Uh, good, thanks, Steve. I'm really excited. Today's our 96th episode we're recording. It's a yeah. pretty exciting uh, milestone for us. So, And we've got an, an amazing guest. Could you want to... Uh, Sue Hardman is an incredible professional. Do you want to... Yeah, so welcome to our little podcast, Sue. It's great to have you here. Do you want to tell our guests a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, for sure. And firstly, thanks, guys, for the opportunity to have the chat today. Really appreciate it. So I'm one of those lucky ones that growing up always knew what I wanted to do. Communications was on my mind all through high school. And so I completed my communications degree and um, I knew words and communications was um, what I wanted to be all about. And so I was very lucky after I finished my degree to get accepted into the Otis Elevator Company graduate training program. And there was about, uh, I think, six of us, two women, the rest were young men. And that graduate training program was a fantastic start to my career because we spent time over about three to six months in every part of the business. So I was there in um, steel cap boots and overalls, working on construction sites, building elevator lift shafts. I was walking the streets of Sydney, servicing elevators. I spent time in the sales office in Brisbane, my very first ever flight and um, business trip. And I finally landed at their manufacturing um, facility in Minto, where they had about 500 employees producing elevators and escalators. And I was lucky enough to be appointed the PR officer for the Minto manufacturing plant. And that was really great. That experience really taught me early on just how important employees and the diversity of employees that sit in a business are. Um, and I got, you know, the great opportunity to experience things from every which way. Um, so I, I did that um, assignment as PR officer and had some great opportunities there and then did the typical thing, travelled overseas for a year. They were holding my job, but of course, the recession of the 80s hit and they said they couldn't take me back. So I came back to Australia to a recession thinking, well, what the hell next? Um, and I managed to get myself a job by pretending I could type at however many words per minute with Drake Overload, which was a temporary <laughs> agency at the time, and landed myself a temp assignment in one of the world's largest agricultural and construction machinery manufacturers who was based out at St Mary's in Sydney. And I worked there for a while and then said to the MD, hey, you know, I've got a communications degree. I think you might need to start a PR division. And I was lucky enough that after some time, they actually created a role for me. And so I looked after communications, internal and external communications. So PR and um, some of the advertising, marketing type work for a little while. And then luckily, uh, because this was a global company, it was at a time when everyone felt that Australia could be a springboard to Asia. And mm. so we became the headquarters for Asia Pacific. And I had another wonderful um, bout of experience where I was able to travel all through Asia, helping to um, start to set up 
machinery dealerships in Asian countries. Um, and that was an amazing cultural immersion experience. Um, really great to meet and work with senior leaders to really grow my experience in that area. And so I was very lucky to have that opportunity too. And I'd say from my career, my career's really just kept rolling and evolving. I guess I've always been open to opportunity, but I never had a really clear view on, you know, what was my next move? I just made the most of every move that presented me every single day, um, you know, whatever that opportunity was. I understood very early on how important relationships are and that people do business with people. And this very kind of, you know, always willing to make a new friend kind of approach to my career has really augured well, particularly as I've run my agency in the later years, mm. where we really see people as people, you know. Yes, we're there to do a job, but, you know, that's that's a really critical part of the way that, um, that I work. So um, as part of that um, and the fact that Australia was kind of in the limelight for that business, we became connected, or I was lucky enough to become connected to the global communications network for that firm. So a very wonderful leader in the US said, hey, I hear there's this girl working in communications in Australia. I think maybe we should let her join the global comms group. And so I had the fantastic opportunity to travel to Europe and the US for, you know, quarterly meetings and really learn from very seasoned professionals, again, just soaking up every bit of opportunity that mm. kind of came my way and just being me, you know, the whole way through. And so that was really wonderful. And then we were lucky enough to have the CEO of the business come and visit Australia. And I did my very first big media event, which involved getting really great mainstream coverage for him. You imagine a big tractor and a wheel loader on the steps of the opera house, a great photo moment. And it was really a quite an impressive um, bit of exposure that we created and I received a personal letter from him thanking thanking me and then um, you know they tapped me on the shoulder and said hey would you like to come and work in the US so I was very lucky then to have a expatriate assignment to the US I was meant to go for a couple of years and learn some things which I did um, again landed in that job to a lot more responsibility and exposure of working on all sorts of communications projects and um was lucky enough to, you know, have that extend a little bit longer. That was back at the time when expatriate assignments were much more well supported than they are today. Mm. The globe was much more about, you know, travel from this place to that and become immersed there. It wasn't as closely connected as it is now, mm. obviously, with all of what's happened with the internet. This was all pre-internet days. Um, and so I was really lucky then to have that experience of working in another culture in the US. So I was based in the Midwest of America. Mm. Um, and it was really interesting because, you know, I obviously met a lot of people. Australians were very flavor of the month. Everyone wanted to talk to the Aussie. Um, and so, but I also, a lot of them shared, they loved the Australian work ethic. They loved the Australian style. They loved that Australians knew how to just get in and get stuff done and not kind of you know, um, faff about, that we were really people, people too. And so that was really fortunate for me. And the company sponsored me to do my executive MBA while I was there, which I did when I was pregnant with my first son. And so I also had the experience of being in another country and working and having my first child, which was, you know, another kind of element to things. As you probably know, the US don't have much of a maternity leave um, philosophy and framework and certainly not back then and so it was you know back to work after three weeks and my little one in um, childcare. but that was an amazing experience to work in the global teams as part of the global operation 
um, you know, the, the scale of the events that I worked on, the budgets that I worked with were far beyond anything that I could have done in Australia. And so that was, you know, an incredible experience I'm, I'm so grateful for. Um, and even, you know, the people that I met doing the executive MBA who are based overseas were still, you know, very well connected. I pretty much don't let a meeting with someone go by and not somehow keep the thread connected to them, whether that's a LinkedIn connection or a keeping in touch by email. You know, I kind of gather people, gather people around. Um, and so, yeah, I did my um, MBA, had my first child there, and then they were looking at getting me a green card to stay and September 11 happened. Yeah, right. You know, as we stood there and watched what was going on live on mm. the televisions and thinking at first it was something minor and then realising the gravity of it, I just wanted to take my baby and go home. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, I was, um, yeah, I'm one of 10, so I have a very big family network. And so right. I made the decision then, while who knows what my career trajectory could have been if I'd yeah. stayed in the US, um, made the decision to come back home. Yeah, sure. And so um, after four years, came back. And unfortunately, my Australian um, employer didn't really have an opportunity for the scale of what I had gone on to develop. They sort of sure. said, you can have your old job back. But I was like, I don't think that's for me now, not after I've done my MBA and had all this global experience. So we agreed very amicably to part company and give me redundancy. Um, and so I then started my business, which is 21 years old this year. Right, March is actually our foundation month. So we're celebrating our 21st year this year, which is an amazing milestone. Um, and so I started the business then very much just, you know, started the business. Well, first of all, I thought I'll be a mum for a while, just dedicate to being a mum. But I did realise pretty soon after a year that I really enjoyed work. It was really part of my identity. It gave me a lot of fulfillment and that I could really have it all and get back into the workforce and start my business, which, of course, because it was my business, I could do that as flexibly as I needed. Sure. And look, um, that's a policy that I've given to everybody who's ever worked in my business. They will all tell you I will always make sure that people's world, their life is attended to alongside their professional role okay. because we spend too much time in jobs to, you know, not do that. Can I can I can I ask you a, a couple of yeah. questions? Sure. A, a fascinating. Um, I'm always um, this uh, expat thing coming back from overseas and having uh, being too big or uh, having to redefine yourself. I, I want to touch on that a bit later, but yeah. I want to go right back to when you're talking about uh, taking on all these different roles. Uh, basically, a generalist piece in Otis. Um, I, I have this uh, thing in my mind now of you in high vis and stuff out in the factory at, uh, you said Minto, right? Is that right? Yeah. So, so um, can you talk about how important that is? We, we get a lot of people on this uh, podcast who talk about the importance of the training in large corporations provide and things like that. But one of the things you've touched on is taking on different roles within the organization. Mm -hmm. You mentioned sales, service, manufacturing, and even the PR officer. Can you talk about the importance of that from uh, foundation of a career? Yeah, absolutely. Look, even today in our business, I tell my team, we are business people first, communicators mm. second. Because mm. if you don't understand how business runs, if you don't understand the nuance of what's going on in the boardroom or right down on the factory floor to remote employees, there is just so much in the employee as a resource that is valuable to a business that having a chance to walk alongside, mm. to you know, work alongside, understand the way things are is just absolutely critical. So then when you're in a role where you have some ability to influence and 
support and grow those employees, it, you know, it really makes a difference. So that diversity of experience is so critical, um, mm. absolutely, to, to just really understanding the whole business in its sort of 360-degree sense. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people say this, but uh, I think uh, you've actually d done it, and I think it's a uh, very important advice to people. The other thing I want, I'm pulling out separately from what you said about your Otis experience was the you realised the importance of diversity of employees. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, you know even more so now, and we particularly communicate this with my clients is mm. your employees absolutely are. Um, your brand come to life. And so you need to absolutely tap into whatever that um, superpower of an employee is. And so you don't want all your people with all the same experience looking mm -hmm. the same. You know, if you're going to be successful in business, markets are, you know, burst wide open now when you consider global opportunity and, and other opportunities. And if you don't have, if people can't see others like them, um, you know, I think it can be a, um, difficult. So, you know, diversity of, of women, diversity of race, diversity of ability. Yes. Um, you know, we need to do much more in terms of disability um, inclusion, you know, is really critical to um, that level of empathy that everyone needs to really yeah, get sure. the best out of everyone else. Yeah, that's uh, and And, uh, you know, I heard you refer to yourself as a girl. There's this girl in Australia with it's uh, tough using that language sort of today, isn't it? But it was definitely yep. was the language, wasn't it? So yep. uh, another important thing you said a bit later on, and um, this seems to have been the way you've run your your career, uh, either in business for yourself or in corporations, is is saying yes to opportunity. Can, so yeah. so can you um because there's a bit of a leap of faith sometimes and sometimes you need a mentor or sometimes yeah. you just need trust yourself. Can you talk yeah. about that, that please yeah. and how that's shaped you? There's been many times in my career where I mm. literally sit back and go, can I really do that thing? <laughs> and I usually talk to the people around me, you know, my the staff around me and I would do the same for them will often be like, yeah, absolutely go for that thing. You mm. know, you can do it. Um, and I had a very good mentor for a period of time, maybe over two or three years, who really ingrained in me that concept of everything you need is already inside you mm. and that you just need to tap into that. Um, I think, you know, imposter syndrome is really real, particularly for women in terms of, yeah, sure. you know, can I do it? Am I going to be good enough? Mm. And, you know, time and time again, we reflect back and go, absolutely what we're doing is better is maybe even better than what we're seeing but mm. you know often we'll see others just you know come in with the the glossy overview or the buff bluff and bluster and you know take the take the job take the limelight take the pitch away and sometimes we're a little too quietly um quiet about our ability and yes. so we lose opportunity and so I would say absolutely you've got to back yourself number one make sure that you have really valuable people around you they could be family and friends they could be your colleagues um, they could be networks that you're in online but really engage in the conversation don't have it all in your own head get yeah. it outside your own head and hopefully you'll find the support you need to take those steps yeah that's a uh, fantastic advice thank you and what another just a, a quick snippet you said but i i see it as uh, quite important and that is you said uh you learned about um uh the emphasis about treating people as people. Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's that whole people do business with people. And I would yeah. say, you know, I'm very proud in the business I have today, Hardman Communications, 
that I have clients who have maybe had six career moves and they have taken us everywhere they've gone and we've kept the existing client. Um, And it's really about seeing people for their whole selves, not just that we're there to do a transaction, produce a piece of work. You know, I think we spend a lot of time with our clients, with our employees, with people we meet. You never know what someone's going through and you should always come at every opportunity to really lean in and get to know that person and yeah. see where I always try to help people. And, you know, maybe I drive people crazy a little bit sometimes with a million ideas, but I'm always, when someone's talking to me, thinking about what's that thing I could do to help them, to progress that, to support that. And I think, you know, you've got to be willing to, you know, see people as people to do that and not just as their title. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, your uh, your passion, obviously, you've done a lot of things and uh, and to create the um, the professional that you've become. But your passion is really about uh, corporate communications and messaging and so on. But over the last few years, you know, there's been a lot of change in the way business is conducted uh, because of the pandemic and also now economic pressures that are uh, on the world. Can you talk about how messaging and communication for leaders has changed over the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if I, you know, my communications career spans over 30 years now, Mm. 21 years as running an agency. Um, It's really changed in that you need to have a profile. You you cannot hide behind the boardroom doors or the office doors. You've absolutely got to walk the floor. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be present. You've Mm. got to also have a very good sense of what your values and purpose are. Mm. And perhaps even I encourage any leaders that I work with to understand what's the legacy they want to leave behind Mm. and always kind of, you know, not that necessarily we want them to move on quickly, but but know what's next. Manage today, but know what's coming in the future and sort of merge those two things. Um, The way that media and communications has changed, we used to just rely on newspapers, magazines, et cetera, to do the communicating for us, but now companies need to and leaders need to own their own channels of communication and it's never been easier with the way that the internet and social media and all of that has um you know exploded onto the scene with very cost effective channels to get your message out but there's nothing that replaces the personal approach there's nothing that replaces getting out and walking the floor saying hello to your employees getting out meeting your customers You know, all those things are really, really important. But do so with a sense of, I guess, a bit of a deeper element of what you're really all about because it's that's where you'll connect with people at that empathetic level, not necessarily what we can functionally do for you, whatever that business is, but, you know, really see people, um, you know, for perhaps the pain point they have in their business, the challenge that they have. You know, I often want to talk about what are the pain points for this business because where you can solve a problem you've created a pretty magical connection that then can create all sorts of other opportunities. So, yeah. you know, I think it's about showing up really yeah. personally. Showing up. And and actually that theme of people as people came through then again. So that's yeah. interesting. Uh, last point I'll ask you before Steve will sum up for us is um, advice yep. for young people. Uh, yep. you, you, you're quite unusual for us on this show because uh, a lot of people don't have a clue what they want to do. Um, professionally when they leave school. So so you're an outlier in that regard. But do you have any advice for young people who are about to um, graduate university and want to embark upon a career? Yeah, I do. I think it's about recognise that no matter what career or job you go into, 
you have innate superpowers in yourself. They may be great organisational skills. They may be the ability to relate to people. Think beyond the functional things you need to do in a job, like what I need to know and what I need to do to who I am, because Mm. when you can front up with that in an interview, those sorts of skills can't be learned. Mm. They're ingrained. And you could teach someone how to do a job, but it's often those really uh, softer element or softer skills that for me, certainly when I'm recruiting, that I'm looking for. How passionate is this person? Mm. So show up in those elements, not so much what I know, what I've done, but who I am, because they're the things that will give you the stickiness that's going to make a recruiter go, I want you because you're determined, because you're passionate, because you've got these other great skills, Mm. Um, because you might not always have the experience to prove what you can do, but those things play out in the entire life that you've had to the point of the age that you're at. And so Mm. you've got something to draw back on. So I would encourage people to really focus, focus on that. Fantastic advice. Thank you very much, Steve. You want to bring that together? There's a lot in there. Yeah, there is a lot in there. So thanks so much <laughs> for sharing that with us. Um, there are, I guess, five things that I'd like to bring out of what you said. Um, the first one has got to do with evolution. You you talked about the evolution of your own career and uh, you knew what you wanted to do from a young age. And as Craig said, not everybody does know that. Um, so you were fortunate in that regard. But n- nonetheless, you didn't know where that career was going to mm-hmm. head and how it was going to be constructed, what the elements of that were going to be. And so part of the evolution of your career was, I guess, opportunities that came. But but another part of it was your ability to adapt to those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you talked about saying yes to them. Um, you talked about backing yourself. Um, you talked about um, uh, uh, sharing your your vision and your ideas and your journey with other people and include them and get more perspective on that. So that whole evolutionary process was was this dance between opportunities that were generated outside of you and your ability to navigate those opportunities and make good of them. The second thing that I want to talk about is attitude. You talked a lot about attitude indirectly, I suppose, more than directly. Um, And uh, you had a positive view of work. Uh, You always found it fulfilling. You enjoyed, you focused on what you did. And uh, that was always a a major part of of what you did and your decisions uh, around work at various times in your career. Um, the the next thing I, I, I want to talk about is your your statement about getting to know the field of business, that you were fundamentally a business person and your team are fundamentally business people and communications is what you do. And uh, I think there's a real message there. If you're going to be in business, you do need to understand how business works. Mm. Now, you've had the opportunity of being able to learn that on the job through your experiences and uh, doors were opened up to you. Other people may not have that opportunity so much, but there are ways that you can learn. There's lots of information. There's lots of channels that you can do um, and you can take. Uh, The next uh, thing that I want to talk about is uh, to do with people and your attitude toward people and your responsiveness to them. Um, you talked about employees and you mentioned that that they are your brand come to life. So there's there's an embeddedness between the people and the brand. 
Um, you talked about um, relationships with other people, connections, and keeping the channels open there, even if it be a LinkedIn connection or whatever. But don't let don't let the threads die off. Um, you talked about diversity in the workplace and the importance of having that. Um, uh, you talked about um, clients uh, that people do business with people and uh, taking it beyond the merely transactional to take an interest in the people themselves and what what are they facing and how can you support them in their journey. Um, and then you talked about uh, messaging and uh, the whole communications piece and the importance of being present, of showing up, uh, of having that personal approach. So getting yourself seen on the floor, people know who you are, you build relationships. You talked about the importance of knowing your value and your purpose as a leader and being clear yeah. about that, um, about thinking about a legacy um, to manage today, but but think about what's next for you. Where, where are you headed and what are you going to leave behind? And then uh, you talked about developing your own channels of communication and and uh, and sticking with it. I mean, be be diligent about that. And then finally, you talked about um, knowing your own superpowers, that you need to be clear about what it is that you bring um, to the, the equation. And uh, and I guess being confident in that and being yeah. bold about that. And that's part of who you are. Yeah. So these are some of the things that I got out of your yeah. talk. So thanks. So, Good yeah. summary. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Sue, thanks very much for uh, being part of our podcast. It was a very insightful uh, points you made and a great, great uh, advice to our listeners. Thank you. Great. Well, I enjoyed it and I'm glad it was valuable. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanized Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.